Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. Don't we need them? When all around me is sinking sand, it's sure good to have Jesus to fall back on. But you know what's even sweeter than that is just staying with him. You know, just staying in that communion with him. And uh, just, just enjoying him, you know, in, in, in the good times. And then when the crazy times come, well, there's no really change in you because you've been standing on the rock the whole time. But here we are, you know. It's been a heck of a year, and uh, man, I, this one's shaping up to be pretty wild as well. Um, but God's in control, so I'm not sweating any of that. Um, but I, but what I want to, one of the things I want to talk about is that we need to have peace during all this. You know, whatever's going on in your world, we want to have peace. Well, that comes in, in by trusting the Word of God, by standing on the Word of God. You know. By having that intimate relationship with him, when you're hearing all these crazy reports from the news or from your neighbors or just when your mind's just going wild, you know, there's a lot of anxiety in a lot of people right now for a number of different reasons, you know, that's why we got to stand on the word of God, let God be true, amen, God is the way, the truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, now let's stand on that truth, you know what I'm saying? But what I, what, what's going on in Polly's world, my world, you know, Paul, is, uh, is every time uh, New Year's rolls around, you know, we have this great opportunity to start your diet or whatever rubbish you're into, you know, and we're like, oh, this is going to be the year. Well, I don't know about any of that stuff, but this can be the year that we go close, get closer to the Lord than we ever had before. And we really need that, not just for our inner peace, but God wants us to be there for a lost and dying world. And matter of fact, God wants to use us. And if we're all self-consumed about what's going on with us, you know, how in the world are we going to be there for somebody else? You know, God wants to use us. God wants us to be a blessing. Uh, God wants us to be about his business. Amen. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. James 4 and verse 7. We only have a few verses today. Um, don't let that fool you. I'll probably preach just as long as usual. And if y'all if y'all aren't good, I'll preach longer. <laughs> James 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Everyone say, be wretched. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. This is a, this is a tough message, man. This is about cleaning ourselves up, man. Okay, let's start with James and 4-7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay, Christian folk, we get it. We understand it, man, that there can only be one sheriff in town. There can only be one boss, amen? Okay, now we got to decide, Who's going to be the Lord of our life? You know, because if, you, if you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know what? Okay, you have to let him be the sovereign Lord of your life. You need to let him rule and reign over your life. You need to submit to him. Okay, we are subordinate to him. Does that make sense? Okay, it totally makes sense. But see, if you're like me, you probably decide where and what you want to follow in the word of God. Well, that's not going to cut it. 
you know, that's, it's just not going to cut it, guys. You know, God is looking for a people that are sold out and devoted to him. You know, so when the good book says, submit yourselves to the Lord, okay, the ball's in your court. God's not going to hold you down on the ground, okay? He says, submit yourself to me. You know, he could have made us a bunch of robots, but he, did, he didn't want that. Would you want that? You know, he gave us that free will. And so here we are, a bunch of Christian folk. And I, I, honestly, I don't know what's going on in your world, but I'll tell you a little bit about mine. I'm not going to get too personal. But I like to straddle the fence here and there. You know what I mean? I, I like, I love my Lord and Jesus Christ, but sometimes I get some bad attitudes and different things, and I can get real worldly and real just, I don't like that part of me. You know what I mean? And that part has to submit to the Most High God. we got to submit to the Lord, okay? These bad attitudes, judging others, you know, fill in the blank because you know what's going on in your life, okay? I'll give you three seconds. Analyze yourself real fast. What does God want to work with you right now? Boom, you know it. You know what's going on. You, you know what, you know, because God exposes these things to us. The more you put yourself into the Word of God, it's going to expose things to you that you need to work on. And you probably know right off the bat. I mean, we all got things that we need to give over to the Lord. And so here we go. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay, he's not going to make you do it. But I'll tell you what it, what it looks like, Donnie, is in my world, when I straddle that fence, man, when I see how far I can go and be called, still be called by his name, still be a Christian fellow, you know what I mean? It makes for one miserable Christian guy. It, it, ma it makes you miserable. Okay, your witness is just all kind of messed up. You're miserable. Okay, God says submit to him, church. You know, I'm not trying to beat nobody up. This is the word of God. Okay, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, not to yourself, but to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So submit yourselves to God. Look at John 14 and 15 right here. This is a beautiful little verse. It says it all. If you love me, do you love them this morning? Well, we can say it like this. How much do we love them, you know? Is he one of, many, one of many affections we have in our world? And, of course, we love our mate. We love our children and all that. I'm talking about Jesus Christ has no desire, and he will not put up with it, at being one of many deities in your life. He, he says, I'll have no other gods before me. You can't have no other gods before me. Okay, so he's, he's really upset. You know, he, he gets sick at us prostituting ourselves out to other fake gods. This is the God that created us. This is the God that sent his only son to die for our sins. You know what I mean? We could have all these idols in our life, and he says, no, no more of that, man. If you love me, you're going to show it by the things you do. And that's true, man. It really is true, man. God looks at the inward person, but what's in the inward person is going to come out in our actions. Can I get a witness? Okay, so James 4, verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay, John 14 and 15, if you love me, if you love God this morning, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right? Now, that's the direction we want to be heading in. You're not going to do that perfectly, but like I said, God looks at the heart, and God knows when you mean business. Amen? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you're going to want to follow this good book. And even when, even when the good book begins to say something different than what you want, okay, that doesn't mean you skip over that. That really means that's where you, what you need to dig into. That's what you need to apply. 
And I'm not trying to be ornery. You know, I'm not trying to act like I got it all together because I don't. But this is where I'm at, and this is, this is where we need to be at. God's trying to shake his church up, man. And, and he will. Shake, he's going to shake everything that can't be shaken. He sure will. So here we go. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And look at John 10 and verse 27. This is sweet, man. This is Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. Talking about, are we submitting to God? Are we submitting? Are we, are we letting him be that Lord of our lives? Not just our Savior, but our Savior and King. Okay. John 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. That's the difference. That's the difference between everybody else and those that belong to the Lord. You know, okay, this is how it works with the, with the, uh, with the sheep farming, the sheep herding thing. A lot of you don't know this, but I got a couple flocks. I got a couple uh, groups. Of, I got a mess of sheep in my backyard, a couple herds of them, flocks of them. I don't have sheep. I, I've never even, I've, I've only been around sheep a couple times. Anyways, forgive me for that. But I do know this. I heard this. I found this out about sheepies. Okay, look. You can have a, a, a couple herds, if that's what they call them. I guess that's what they call them, you know, just a bunch of sheep. Okay, say, say, uh, say Donnie has a herd of sheep, and I got a herd of sheep. So me and Donnie, we're hanging out. We're killing time together. He's got his sheep. I got my sheep, and they're all intermingling with each other. You know, they're all, like, doing the thing, walking around, and, hey, i never seen you before, whatever. And uh, so me and Donnie are chilling, but now it's time for Donnie to go someplace else. And Donnie will call his sheepies. And his sheepies know his voice. Now, my sheepie ain't going to do nothing because, okay, I'm not calling them. I hope this is making sense, man. But Donnie's sheep know, hey, that's my master's voice, man. I'm following him. So, see, we, we are in this world, man, okay, of all these different things, man. But, see, here's the deal. My sheep, God's sheep, we hear his voice, man. Do you hear his voice? What does that even mean, man? My sheep hear my voice. Do we, do we, do we obey the Bible? Do you obey the Bible? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to, right? Because you say, well, you know, God doesn't talk to me. Well, he certainly does. But we won't shut up or we won't stop moving to listen. You know, he certainly does talk to us. Um, but one, one way, absolutely, positively, he's going to talk to you. You got to get into the Bible. You got to get, get into the Word of God. And he will show you things. And he will speak to you. Because this book is like no other book. And this book is living. It, it, it's, it's our manual for life. It's everything. You know. So God will speak to you. All right. And you know. You know when you're reading something in the Bible or the preacher man or, you know, something convicts you. You're like, oh, man, I really need to work on that. Okay? That's God saying, you know what? Why don't you just give this up? Okay, moving forward, right? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. God knows who his people are. And my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Now look at this. And they follow me. Okay? So let's go back up to James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay? Follow God, not yourself, not what the cool kids are doing, you know what I mean? But what does God want me to do, all right? Plain and simple, he wants us to obey the word of God. That's just how it is. So us as Christians, we're going to uh, prioritize. I'm going to say, you know what? 
I'm putting God before me. Amen. I come in a far second compared to my Lord and Savior. Can I get a witness? Okay, James 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, so here's the deal, man. Let God rule in your heart. Make that a priority. What's that look like? Well, one of the ways, one of the things it looks like is you resisting the devil. That's a novel idea, isn't it? Instead of just giving in to every little thought that comes into your mind, what if we begin to resist that stuff and think, well, you know what? I know this isn't God-pleasing for me to hold on to this. I know that this isn't pleasing God for me to be thinking about this. And it doesn't have to be some perverted thing. Uh, you know, that's what we naturally think about. I mean, not that we... You know, when I say it's a bad thought, there can be all kinds of stuff that we nurture, man, like bitterness, unforgiveness, hurts, man, fears, anxieties, man. Listen, man, God wants us to live in a place that, that quite frankly, I, I have refused to live in for many, many years because I didn't want to give up things. I didn't want to give up things that were detrimental to me to my family, to my marriage, things that I decided to hold on to. And I knew it wasn't pleasing to God, but it was, it was this huge, this huge uh, stronghold in my life, you know, that I wouldn't let God come near. I wouldn't let anybody come near. And it was making me miserable. It was making my family miserable. And thank God that he doesn't give up on us. But here he is right now talking to, to this group of folks, you know, and whoever hears this, you know, and he's saying just, you know, if you know it's not right, give it up. And see, some of us, man, it's, it's just so, like the stronghold that I had of bitterness and unforgiveness in my life, it was ruining everything. It quite, quite literally, it was ruining everything. It was right under the surface. But it didn't take much, and it would blossom out and explode. Okay, so I hated that, but I didn't hate it enough to get rid of it. And some of us, we, we have these love-hate relationships with, with, our, with our sin, let's be honest, you know, because we know it's not right. But we look at it like, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to get out of this. I've built my life around this, and that's what I did. I mean, it's just everything was just built around this, this hardness, man. You guys didn't know about it, but, I mean, it was there, man. It was, anywho, listen. There's a lot of things that are impossible a man, and there's a lot of things that is completely impossible for you to do on your own. But I'm saying with God, all things are possible. And if you feel it in your heart, you know, if you feel God saying, you know what, this isn't pleasing to me, you know, then God is saying, you know, let's work on this. Let's get through this. Can I get a witness? All right. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. That's what we got to do. Say no. Just like uh, Nancy Reagan, just say no. None of y'all are old enough to remember Nancy Reagan. Actually, most of y'all are old. She had the, the say no to drugs thing, man. Okay, just say no. How about that for once, Donnie? We just say no. You know, I'm not going to give in to that, man. I know that's a lie from the devil, you know? Okay, 1 Corinthians. Look right here. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, it's a true statement. Resist the devil. Well, this is just too strong for me. Yeah, yeah, I get that part, and it's true. 
You know, there are things in our life that we just cannot say no to because we have not prepared ourselves for it. We weren't prayed up about it, and it's become part of our lives, and we just don't know what to do. Okay, check it, check it out. All God's people said, check it, check it out. First, <laughs> that's right, Grandma. Okay, First Corinthians 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. What, what does that mean? It means, man... You're not dealing with something that can, cannot, okay, th- whatever you're going through, other people have went through it just like you, okay? You can have the victory. We just have to decide, do I want the victory in this area? Because like me, I had this mess, and it still tries to bug me every now and again, you know, but I, re- I just rebuke it. I, I, I don't want Satan to have a little corner anymore in my life, man. I don't want that, you know? So as soon as I feel that that unforgiveness want to try and come back on me, that bitterness. I know you guys are thinking, what in God's name happened to that boy? Eh, it's nothing. Eh, forget about it. Don't worry about it. You'll find out one day. Oh, yeah, you'll find out. No, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. God is good. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Some people like apples and some... Okay. Moving forward. Let's get serious. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, okay? Other people have dealt with the same type of hurt or whatever it is, same type of temptation, same type of trial, same type of storm. God is faithful. That's good right there. God's faithful. He, he says, you know what? You're, you, you're serious about this? I'm not going to go anywhere. Let's work on this. Let's get through this. God is faithful. People might not be faithful in your life. People might come and go out of your life, but God's faithful. He's not going to get tired of you. You ever think, oh, man, I, I hate, I'm tired of myself, man. I wish I could just get away from myself. I know other people can't stand me because I can't stand me. You know, that's probably not true. Certainly it's not true. But even if it was true, God is faithful, and he loves you with an undying love, and that should mean something. That should mean something. I'm talking about the sovereign God, not some fake, dumb plaything, man, some stupid philosophy rub your nose on this crystal, and maybe you can see in the dark, bull rubbish. I'm talking about, I don't even know if that's a thing. (laughs) Could be. But I'm saying, man, we belong to the one true God, okay? That should mean something. And he is faithful to you. He's not going to give up on you. No No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. That's true. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay, so we're talking about submitting to God. Right now, we're talking about resisting the devil. And we might say, well, you know, I just cannot resist this. This is the carrot that when it's waved in my face, I got to follow it right off the cliff every time. I know if it happens, I'm there, man. I'm all the way with it. Okay, well, see, God just said that. This is possible for you to say no to. You have to resist the devil, okay? You have to resist the devil. God is with you. He won't give you more than you can handle. He'll give you more than you can handle on your own because that's when we run to him. You know what I mean? Can I get a witness? We run to him. Give him some praise. Go ahead. And we can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. Isaiah 40 verse 29, I think. Some, it's in Isaiah. It's God gives his people strength. He'll give you the strength you need. Look at Luke 14 on your monitor or on your bulletin. 
We're talking about submitting to God, letting God rule in our life. We're talking about specifically resisting Satan, okay? Resisting the devil when he tries to bring up your past, when he tries to get you to not to, to give in to what you've been given into for years and years and years. Now, look, Luke 14, we, we're, it's just one little tiny verse, but let me fill in some stuff around it. What we got here is we got the temptation of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he shows us exactly how we resist the devil. Okay, so we don't even ever have to wonder, well, how do I resist the devil? How do I submit to God? Okay, we see where Jesus Christ stands on the promises of the word of God. He stands on them. He stands on the word of God. He calls Satan out. He's like, no. You say this, devil, but this is what the word of God says. Okay, and God don't lie. Amen? So, Satan didn't get anywhere with this temptation with Jesus. If he'd come from this angle, wouldn't get anywhere. Come from another angle, wouldn't get anywhere. Front door, back door, window, couldn't get anywhere with Jesus Christ. This is what happens at the end of that temptation. Luke 4 and verse 13. And when the devil had ended every temptation, when he done went through his little playbook, and was like, I got nothing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I got nothing on this guy. I can't. He's not giving me anything to grab onto. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So I want to bring that point up real fast, man. Resist the devil like Jesus did, and Satan will have no choice but to leave us. You know, well, that's not true. Because, no, it's true. It's true. Stand on the word of God. Don't give Satan a foothold. Don't give him a toehold. And he won't, be able, he won't have anything there, man. He'll have to leave. He'll have to leave. And he'll go back. He'll go through his notes and see, well, he'll look for another opportune time. He'll look for that perfect time to come back and try and get at you. You know, he's not going to just wash his hands and say, ooh, that was a tough one. Uh, uh, he, he, yeah, I can't mess with that one. You know what I mean? He will step back. and He'll go through his little notes metaphorically. I don't know what he does in notes or whatever. But, you know, he'll look for that opportune time. You know, he came back looking for a way to get at Jesus. Oh, he couldn't get a hold of Jesus, so he tried to get a hold of the people around Jesus to mess with Jesus. You know, you know what I'm saying? So here's the deal, man. Resist the devil. He's got to leave, but don't think he's done for good. That's why you got to stay prayed up. That's why you got to stay in the Word of God, good times and bad times. Build yourself up in the Word of God. You know what I mean? Because he'll come back. He'll look for, uh, he looks for these uh, dings in our armor. If I can say, he'll look for a weak area to exploit. And so, you know, like one of the weak areas in my life, if you ever want to catch me off guard and cause a lot of trouble, Oh, no, I'm playing. But, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you get tired, man, you know, you go, you go, you go, and you love the Lord, and you, you get tired, well, then Satan will try and exploit that, you know. He'll try and come in you when you, when, when, he'll look for any kind of weakness. Okay, I'll back it up. I can back it up. Anything a preacher says, court, you got to be able to back it up by the word of God. If the preacher can't back it up by the word of God, just go to some other church. Okay. No, seriously. So, anyways, I'm talking about, Satan will look at any way to get at you, man, but we got to resist him. So Elijah, the mighty man of God, the, the uh, contest at Mount Carmel, it's one of the most amazing stories in the Old Testament. God moves in a mighty way through Elijah, and, you know, all the prophets of Baal are put to the sword. All these false prophets are put to the sword. And then one lady, man, one lady 
comes to Elijah and says, you know what? You're going to die, dude. I'm going to make sure you're dead. He freaks out. He runs and hides. And he's like, God, just, just take me out of here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die. Mighty man of God did some mighty things. Maybe he was a little tired. Maybe this was just the right way for Satan to try and get that little fear arrow there. But whatever it was, man, it worked enough to where he went to a bad place mentally. But even then, God was faithful. God was faithful to him. I'm just saying, resist the devil. He'll flee. But don't think he's done for good. He'll try and come back. That's why you got to stay in the word of God. Can I get a witness? So James 4 and verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Oh, well, let's, you know what? Let's talk real fast uh, about drawing near to God, and he will draw near to you. Does that sound good? When you, when you mean business, see, Jesus ain't into playing games with us. You know, he, he's really not, you know. But when we're serious, buddy, he's serious. You know what I mean? And he's serious the whole time. He's just not playing games with you, okay. Anyways, tell the truth, right? Draw near to God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Look at First Timothy. We got first, yeah, First Timothy. Check it out talking about drawing near to God. This is good, man. This is good stuff. First Timothy 6 and verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, this is the Apostle Paul shooting off a letter to his protege. I think his favorite protege, really. Um, his son in the Lord. He, he sends this letter of encouragement. And you, you see this father-son relationship that the Apostle Paul has with Timothy. And he's just speaking into his life. And why don't we do that to other people around here? Why don't we just encourage them in the word of God? Why don't we encourage them, you know? But as for you, old man of God, wouldn't you love to hear that from your spiritual father? You know, what a blessing that must have been to Tim. Paul's locked up. He gets this letter. Tim gets this letter. But as for you, old man of God, flee these things. We're talking about drawing near to God, okay? Flee these things, these things that aren't productive to our relationship with the Lord, these things that are hurting us, these things that have got us, you know, just trapped, man. Flee these things, okay? Well, let's do something else. Stop doing that. You know, I'm submitting to God now. So I've got to stop this behavior, but i got to fill this with something else, or that old behavior is just going to rush right in. Does that make sense? I got to change some things, man. Pursue, not the old way, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. That's a sermon right here. We could go through all this, but for time's sake, well, we got the time. Pursue righteousness. No. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Boy, that would go good with some church folks, a little gentleness. You know what I mean? That sounds kind of good, a little gentle. I mean, we can't always be gentle. But see, we, you know, when we deliver the truth, we got to deliver the truth in love. You know what I mean? The truth not delivered in love can be like a sledgehammer, man. But the truth in love is what we want to do. We don't get away from the truth. The truth is the truth. God is a God of judgment. Okay, God is serious about his people. Does that make sense? Okay. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness. How about that, man? Steadfastness. I'm not going anywhere. 
I'm standing on the word of God. Hey, Paul, that's easy for you to say. My world's falling apart. Everything might fall apart in our world, but there's one thing that ain't going nowhere. And that's, that's, that's the most high God. That's that building our lives on that solid rock, man. We can stand on that when everything else is falling apart. That's what God's trying to show us, man. You can put your trust in this. You can put your trust in that. Those things might be there. They might not. But God will be there for you. He's our present help in time of trouble. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah, give him some praise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You're double-minded. Look at Luke 15 and 20. I love this story. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. We ain't got time for that. Everyone say, I ain't got time for that. Nobody's got time for that. And he arose. This prodigal son. Prodigal son, that wayward child that, that went off, man, went off to sow his wild oats, to, to live in revelry and uh, the muck and the mire. But one day he came to his senses. He said, I'm going to draw near to God. I'm, I'm getting my life back on track. And he arose and he came to his father. Who's the father? The father's God. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, we're talking about the father. Okay? Here's the kid. He says, I'm, I'm done with this sin mess. I'm going to go back and fall on my dad's mercy. That's what we got going on here. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Remember when I said a minute ago, God's not into playing games. But when you're serious, when you're ready, he's standing at that door. You know, he's standing at that door, and he's waiting for you to let him in. I know that's a verse about salvation, but it works this way too, man. You know, sometimes we're like, okay, I'm saved, and, and you just go in this little closet here, and we'll, I'll let you out a little bit on Sunday maybe and if I feel like it. and You know what I mean? No, man. No, it don't work that way. And he arose and came to his father. You can put God in the corner all you want to, man. You know what? But that's not what he wants. That's not, that is not what he wants out of your life, and you're going to be miserable. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. Isn't that cool? Dad was looking for the boy. Boy had been off for we don't know how long. Boy was off doing all this crazy stuff in another land. But the father never gave up on him. Aren't you glad God never gives up on you? We might be way off, man, in that other land right now, but God's waiting. He's waiting for you. He's like, well, some things are going to get hairy. Some things are going to get rough. But I'm going to be right here. When you're done playing games, I'm going to be right here. And it's going to be like you just never left when you come back. And he arose and came to the father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Isn't that cool? Isn't that sweet? So we have this picture of the prodigal, you know, going off and doing all this, coming back, and God, the father's just loving on him. Saying, oh, you were dead, now you're alive. You know, here we are. When we draw near to God, he's drawing near to us. When we're serious about him, he's so excited about that. You know what I mean? Isn't that cool? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Ephesians 4.27. Look at that. 
Purify yourself. Cleanse yourself, man. And give no opportunity to the devil. That's, I love that, man. I love that. Give no opportunity to the devil. Don't give him any territory to exploit. Don't give him any area that he can rush in and take over. Because Satan wouldn't, is not going to be content with just having one little area in your life. That's not what he wants. He'll take what he can get. But he will never stop with just one little area. You know, he's going to rush in, man. You know, I've used this uh, story before or whatever, but it makes total sense, man. You know, you look at, okay, everybody, there was this thing called the D-Day invasion. Everybody knows about it. I hope you know about it. It's happened all through warfare, just all through warfare. You can look at any of the Pacific Islands in World War II. Okay, here's the deal, man. When an invading army is coming onto your shores, man, they got to establish a beachhead. They have got to get in there. They got to take a little area. But they're not content. It's not going to work if they just stay there. Okay. On the D-Day invasion, if we, if we would have just been content to stay on that little beachhead, well, we would have been pushed back into the sea, and it wouldn't have worked. You have to exploit that beachhead. You have to exploit that little area that you've conquered and pushed through and go in every single direction so you can win the battles that win the war. Okay, so Satan's the same way, man. He'll take what he can get. He'll take a little area. And Christians, Christian folks, we, we will we'll have little areas that we've never given up. And he's like, okay, I'm going to work through this. Our Christians sometimes will just dabble a little bit with some little thing and think, it's okay, no one's going to care. You know, Satan will exploit that too. So we got to be on guard against these attacks and realize, man, i got to resist the devil. i got to be wise against the attacks of old devil. Right? All right. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Talking about double-minded, talking about the contest at Mount Carmel, you know, it is truly one of the most amazing and wonderful stories in the Old Testament. And I know we, I preached somewhere around the contest at Mount Carmel in the last few months. I don't recollect exactly, but anyways. 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. Listen to what Elijah says. So there was this contest. Elijah calls, calls this thing. You know, he's like, look, looky here. There's only one true God. And everybody in here, we know that. There's only one true God. Even if you refuse to accept it, you know in your heart there's only one true God. Okay. So Elijah says, you know, enough of this rubbish with God's people, you know, prostituting themselves out to this God and that God and doing all this barbaric, crazy stuff that comes along with worshiping these false gods. There's only one God. Just like Joshua, me and my house, we're going to serve the one true God. So he says, let's just settle this right now. You bring all the demon prophets up here, and I'll be by myself. We'll have a little contest, and whoever the one true God is, that's who we're going to worship. So not only is it the prophets of Baal that's there, not only is it Elijah, but there's tons and tons of Israelites there to check this thing out. This is, what, this is what Elijah says to these Israelites. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping? Isn't that a cool picture? How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. 
So we, let's ask ourselves that, you know. Why do we waste our times with things that we know are not productive to our relationship? Why, why, why would a Christian person get involved in some sort of idol worship? And I don't mean like you bow down to some Buddha or something like that. I'm talking about we can have all kinds of idols in our lives, not necessarily a statue or, or another religion, but something that we put above our relationship with the Lord, man, like something that we refuse to give up that we know is not pleasing to God. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? It's like, you know, we'll go over here for a minute. Like, yeah, yeah, God's awesome. God's great. And then, you know, something discouraging or something will come up in our past and we'll go over here and we'll get all bitter and stuff. Like, no, man, just stand on the word of God. Let's go all into our relationship with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Right? James 4 and verse 9. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Man, that's some crazy stuff, man. That's crazy. That's wild, man. That's hardcore. You see, God wants us to see these things that we've let entangle our lives, these things that we mess around with, he wants us to see them like he sees them, you know? It's like this stuff that you're messing with, man, it ain't no good. And he wants us to come to the place where we realize, man, that junk was bad news, man. I can't believe I lived that way. I can't believe I did that. But see, God does not want that, absolutely does not want it to ruin our lives. But he wants us to ignite a passion in our lives for him. Because he's the one that has delivered us from this stuff. He's the one that saved our souls. He's the one that's created us. He's the one that is faithful to us. And he's the one that wants to dust us off and put us into his service, man. Sometimes we're just, we're just all about us. We're just all about us. No, that's not true. I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, where does your mind go? Is it still about your little problems or whatever? You know, are we, are we just so self-consumed? Because it's not really about us. It's about the most high God. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of tough, man. But honestly, some of us, I don't know nothing about nobody. I'm just saying, Paulie, man, me, I got to get my eyes off of myself. It's not about me. I got to focus on him. I got to put him first. Amen? Amen? Be wretched. That's just a funny word, isn't it? Be wretched and mourn and weep. Have you ever really been like that about your sin? Probably not. Maybe. But that's what we need to do is look at it and say, my gosh, my goodness, my gracious. I cannot believe I've just held on to this for so long. And it is so not pleasing to God. Okay. Verse 10, humble yourselves. Remember, submit to God. Submit to him. It's not your show. It's not your rodeo. It's not about you. Humble yourselves. Realize, man, God comes first, man. Even with the things that I love so much about my life, but I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but, man, I dig it so much. You know, I know it's wrong, but it's who I am. Well, it's not who we're supposed to be. You know, can I get a witness? So we have this rubbish. God says, get rid of it. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Isn't that cool? So let God rule. Put God first. Realize it ain't about me. You know, sell out to him. 
right? That's not a popular term, selling out. But I'm talking about selling out to Jesus Christ, man. That's what it's all about. Putting God first. Humble yourself. That ain't about me. It's not even about my bank account. It's not about my retirement fund. We work on that stuff. That's fine. But that's not going to be an idol in my life. That's not going to be something that, that rules over me. Can I get a witness? Okay. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. That is just really, really cool. Put God first and then God can elevate you to the place, that platform that he needs you to be. Because he does want to use us. But let's be honest, some of us, all of us, we're just a mess, man. We need to sell out to God, right? Right? We need to sell out to God and then he will put us in that place he needs us to be. It's truth. Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. What would Jesus do? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not about Paul. It's about Jesus. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We want so much. Americans, man, we like our things, man. We like our stuff. I like my stuff. You know, but it's not about the stuff. It's not. But see, we put God first. God will give us what we need. Some of us were like, it's not fair. It's not fair. This person has that. This person has this. Well, you know what? Don't worry about them. Don't worry about their relationship with the Lord. You know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And you decide, you know, I'm, I'm just selling out to God. I'm not going to look at what's going on with these cats and, and how fancy their whatever is or whatever. I'm just putting God first. Put God first. God will put you and give you the things that you need. True story, man. He ain't going to lie to you. He ain't lied to you. He's not going to start now. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more. And may God bless you.